Hello everybody and welcome back to season two of 20 Something's Failing at Nothing episode one. It's amazing. It's amazing. We're in a, we've come up in the world, haven't we? Yeah, we had, we had a break. We've had a break. We're in a whole new location. Yes. We've been up since six o'clock this morning. Yeah, I know, the things we do for you. I know. <laughs> and you may have heard a laugh in the background. <laughs> we've got a guest for episode one. For the first time in three months. Two months? Yeah, it's been a long yeah. time since we've had a guest. Mm-hmm. And this is like bougie, we're in the nicest flat. <laughs> Thank <Like>. you. Yeah. <laughs> I like it too. <laughs> so, we have Ryan from Mid-20s Guide to Grief Hello. joining us today. How are you feeling? Yeah, good. I'm a bit nervous now. Keep <laughs> <laughs> no, no. You, were you nervous before? Not really. Yeah, it's like no, no way doing it. Yeah, I've never really done anything like this before. Um... I'm kind of waiting to like, get into it, but now that the mic's actually here, yeah. it's like, <laughs> <laughs> but it's good. the first time it. we've all met as well. We literally met. Oh yeah, we're, we're literally strangers. But it's fine. It, it, do you know what? Strangers of friends you haven't met yet. Oh yeah. And yeah. here we are in I don't know whereabouts in Manchester are we? Castlefield. We're in Castlefield. And we bloody love it. <laughs> yeah. We bloody love We've it. We've absolutely rinsed the weekend away out of it. Oh, we absolutely have, and it's boiling hot. Yeah, boiling hot. It. It's boiling hot, and we're in a nice flat, right? And we're recording. We are. There will actually be a clip of us this time. Oh, yeah. Hello, everybody. Wave <laughs> Hello. to the camera. <laughs> so, okay. Ryan, tell us yes. a little bit about your page, like how it came to be. Yeah. So, um, first of all, thanks for coming up and discussing it. Uh, the page came about really, um, well, a little background on myself, people haven't heard of the page before, myself. Um, so, in December 2019, unfortunately, I lost my mum to cancer. Um which kind of came out of the blue. I was living in Australia at the time. Um, literally on my way to like a final interview and I got a phone call from my dad saying, oh, you've got to come home. Your mum's ill. Um, and life kind of went <laughs> went down the pan a little bit. Um, so I came back. Um, obviously, it was getting worse and it was getting better and it was getting worse. And then midway through that, my granddad, my dad's dad, passed away suddenly from a heart attack. Oh so... Yeah, that was the sort of first time I've ever really had to deal with, like, death in the family. Yeah. So that happened, and then obviously my mum passed away in December. Um, and then I lost my friend Sasha to suicide uh, October last year. So just gone past the one year. So that kind of led me to... This is before the Sasha thing, but it kind of led me to set something up, um, which is like an online sort of support service, because when my mum passed away, um, I did go to therapy. Yeah. Um, I did that like right at the end of it because I was like, I don't need it, I'm fine. And then towards the end of it, I was like, right, well, I better try something a bit different. Um, I found like going through that, there was no sort of support for people that had been through it at my sort of age. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it was quite daunting because like, I'd obviously, it was me and my mum in the house. Um, and I was like responsible for quite a lot of like the financial aspect of it and being going to work while this was all going on. And something that was completely alien to me. Mm-hmm. I was like, what is like, going on? Like, how do I deal with this? Um, and then it, just, it was like a bit of a maze, really, of like, trying to find the right support network. So I went to therapy. I didn't really find it that helpful. Right. Um, I'm not trying to put it off. It works for people. Some, some people it doesn't. Mm-hmm. But for me, it was very much like trying to paint a picture of what I was on my childhood and all that sort of stuff. And I was like, just tell me how to fucking get through this. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, I don't, yeah. something specific, not like yeah, yeah, yeah. whole life. Yeah, I was like, just help me get through this because this is like, this is difficult. Um, and my dad is probably my biggest inspiration in terms of setting this up. Basically, 
Um, he's been sober for like 14, 15 years now. And wow. he works on like Alcoholics Anonymous. Yeah. And he does all this sponsoring. So he'll have people around the house um, and he'll help them get through it and that sort of stuff. And I've grown up and I've seen that. And I thought... And he does it as well. I think it helps him deal with things because obviously he has a lot on his plate. It was my granddad, his dad passed away and my family in Ireland are incredibly close. So Does your dad live in Ireland? No, he lives in Yorkshire, but he goes back to Ireland all the time and I, I go, sure. go over there three or four times a year. Um, but obviously with a, tight, with a family that close, the death in the family is really difficult. And I think when he was using the Alcoholics Anonymous stuff, I think that he kind of does it as a sort of therapy for himself because he has to speak about how he's feeling emotionally. Yeah. For me, I kind of followed down the same path. Um, I was like, well, if I can help people, it gets me to speak about how I'm feeling. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't mind speaking about my emotions and stuff, but I feel when you kind of gone through something that I have, a lot of my friends haven't gone through it. No. So, and I hope it never happens to them, obviously, but you, you, you kind of go through that emotion with them and they don't really they don't really get it. It can be quite like isolating. Maybe. Yeah, it can be. Like sometimes yeah. the advice is the wrong advice or it's stuff like you don't want to hear and, and don't get me wrong, it all comes from a great place and mm -hmm. I've never knock them for helping me out and I've got an amazing support network but not everyone has that as no. well. So I kind of set that up really, it's kind of like a two way street. Um it started off with Hi I'm Ryan, I've got no fucking idea what I'm doing. Let's set <laughs> this up. And it started off in the middle of lockdown where I would have just like my laptop and people would come through via the page and I'd set up like a half an hour session, 45 minute session with them and just chat. Like, and yeah. be like, oh, I feel this way. How do you feel? And I'd recommend stuff that I've, recommend stuff that what I was doing to help me with things. Um, the first year was easier for me because it was all like a whirlwind yeah. of like, what's going on? I've just like packed up all my things. Like, I was meant to go, so my mum passed away in December. In my head, I was going to go to Manchester in January. Then COVID hit. Right. So that got postponed. So I was living in the house and stuff by myself a bit, which is difficult. Were you living in like your family house? Yeah. That's yeah. hard. Yeah. It wasn't ideal. <laughs> no, uh, it wasn't ideal. And well, how old were you? 25. Yeah. But I feel sorry for my sister. She was, she was younger and she was doing university at the time as well. Wow. Yeah. So she wasn't at the house. And like one thing we kind of argued about was like, we had this stance where it was like, well, you're away all the time mm -hmm. and I'm dealing with all this and then you come back and then all this sort of jazz. But I actually, looking back on it, I actually feel worse for her because she didn't have the time that I had, if that makes sense. You'd right. finished uni or whatever you I did. was at home, yeah, yeah. I yeah. was at home and she was, she was coming backwards and forth and I just think like, you know, you kind of look back on these things and be like, well, actually, you kind of had it more difficult. And I just probably had to go and pretend nothing was, not nothing was yeah. happening but like, Back to uni, handing work in, like as if yeah, it's, it's, it's nuts. Yeah, yeah, she's an absolute superhuman for mm. doing that. Especially like she was what twenty, <laughs> yeah, twenty one. It's such a trivial point that. of your life as well, isn't it? Your twenties and university, yeah. whatever yeah. age. But also, like, like you said, like you were in Australia, you were yeah. like doing your thing, living your life, and then all of a sudden, like reality hits. Yeah. And it's kind of like you could come home, and then for her, she's at uni. You're both kind of. Some people, I think, would say, "Oh, I'd rather be away from it. I'd rather not be in the family home, like living it, yeah. living it twenty four hours a day." And then other people would say, like, no, I want to be there. So you, you guys are kind of on both, yeah. both sides of that. Mm. Also, at the also at the time, I, I didn't want to be there. Like, because I, I, moved away to, I moved away to Australia because I just needed, like, a break. Like, I was living right. in a family house. Like, my mum, I argued quite a bit. Just because we're both big characters and we're quite stubborn, we saw different yeah, topics yeah. In, in, in different ways. Two um, adults as well. Like, yeah. it's different. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When you get older. And, um... So for me, Australia, like I left my job and went to go traveling. I was doing a pretty well-paid job and I was doing, doing well for myself. And I just thought, yeah, I'm going to go and do this. Um, 
So I got there and then it was just like, you've got to come back now. So How long were you there? Uh, I left in January, I had to come back in June for so six months. I was four months in Australia. Um, and then there's lots of Bali and stuff. But yeah, it was like, I finally had this big break and literally as I said, I was getting to these final stages of job offers and stuff and I was ready mm-hmm. to kind of go. Um, and then I came back. So I never really got that out of my system. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. so then I had to come back and then I started doing, started in a job and um, it was like, I'm back in work and then I've got to deal with this. And especially when you kind of go through these things and you, with cancer and stuff, you get news like quite frequently. Right. Whether it's good or bad. Mm-hmm. So some days it was good. Some days it was bad. And I felt like work wasn't really sympathetic to kind of what I was going through at like 24. Did you go straight back into work when you got yeah, Australia? I had oh to. Oh my God. Yeah, I had, to, I had to. I didn't have any savings or anything. Um, I had, supporting a house. It's, it's yeah, a I've always, I always had to pay rent anyway. So like yeah. that, coming back and obviously had to provide financially um, was, was tough, especially in a job that's quite mentally demanding because like you've yeah. got targets and all that sort of jazz. Um, and you're talking to people all the time, right? Like, yeah. who don't know anything that's going on with you. Like, they don't have yeah. any sympathy for what you're going through because you're not telling them. Like, clients. Exactly. And, you like... Know, Mr. Happy. <laughs> yeah, and one of them's kicking off down the phone because his server's gone down. Like, I've literally just had some bad news. Yeah. Don't bother me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, don't yeah, care about your server. Yeah. And then you get pulled into a meeting and be like, what's going on with Target? What's going on with this? I'm like, oh, look. But it's the job that I always worked in. I can't just have a career change because of that. So it's kind of one of those things. Hard to sustain when you're going through so much, though. Yeah. Um, and then... So when I was coming to the, towards the end of that job, um, my granddad then passed away and um, I flew over to Ireland for the funeral mm-hmm. and I texted my manager um, and I was like, okay, can I have, can I stay in Ireland for another few days? And by, I had my probation extended at this point and um, I came back uh, on, I think it was a Friday um, and I only came back on a Friday because I had team night out and I was in a bit of a bad way and I literally went to go there to have a few drinks or whatever and just kind of not for kind of just forget about what had gone on. Yeah, yeah. And then five minutes before the end of the shift, I got pulled into a meeting room and was like, um, what's going on with this? And I, said, well, I said, why have you spent like another day in Ireland? I said, well, I've just had a, just come back from a funeral. And he goes, yeah, but you're on probation, like you've meetings on Monday to talk about your targets and stuff. And he goes, you, you kind of need to leave your problems at the door. <laughs> I was like, I, was like, I come into this no office way. every day with a smile on my face and then you've just done this and I just handed them on, the, on oh the Monday. Oh my God. Yeah, literally like, I understand even your problems at the door to an extent that like, you know yeah. you've had a like fight with your boyfriend oh yeah yeah sure, door, yeah. For sure. do you know what I mean but that's not that's like life altering situations that's not a problem it's not a problem it's like my entire life yeah so that was that um, oh. and I kind of had to leave at that point anyway because my mum had like a life changing operation where like I had to drive to Basingstoke to Maidenhead every day and be at the hospital and stuff mm-hmm. Um, so it kind of went hand in hand, but I didn't have a job at the time. <laughs> so much pressure for somebody who's 25, for yeah. anyone, but yeah. like... Definitely. Yeah, that was hard, because like, I mean, you never want to have the perception that you've got no money in the, in the first place. Like, I'm quite like, proud and you never really want to go out. And plus like, it kind of goes hand in hand because I was going out drinking and stuff all the time. Mm-hmm. Because like, I was masking it on the weekend, mm-hmm. which I think yeah, for yeah, me, yeah. I needed to do that because like, I was in the house 24-7. Yeah. But when you don't have any money, you don't have a job, you start losing the element of like self-care and looking after yourself yeah and then all that negativity and stuff comes in so then you're dealing with all that you're trying to find you're trying to find a job and but my job is like quite difficult to get into so the interviews you have to have like four or five interviews for each mm-hmm. one and it's doing that over like five or six different companies it's like an additional pressure that you probably didn't need at the time yeah i'm lucky i'm writing interviews so i like i kind of just like did kind of signed out and did what i had to do and got a few offers in the end and, and took one which was really which was a really well-paid job and i was able to like support the family but 
didn't I went into it like my head was in other places mm. yeah. and then like again it was the same with the last job it was like what are you doing in like six months what's going on with this I was like my mum's probably going to be dead in six months. It's like, yeah, it's, yeah. as horrible as that sounds, yeah. I don't know what I'm going to be doing in six yeah. months. Yeah. I was like, oh, my mum's going to be dead in six months. Like, in my head, I'm going to go to Manchester. Were you honest in your interviews? Just out of interest? Yeah, like, because the big, the big question always came up was like, why did you leave your last job? And it was like, well, I went to go travelling. And then like, I was at my other job after that for a year. So naturally, in, in an interview, it's like, well, why have you only been here for a year? Mm. You're like, look, my mum's my ill. And I had, in some interviews, I had to lie. and said, yeah, she's getting better, get through it. Because like you, you wanted to seem reliable, exactly, and you, and you don't want to have like be like, oh yeah, this guy's mum's gonna pass away like, any five like any month. He's not gonna be yeah. at work. That's mad, is it? Especially when you're kind of relying on that job for like financial security, but yeah. also for like like you said earlier, like an escape. Yeah, just to go to work and like. And when you feel so shit, and you don't want to yeah. get out of bed in the morning. Like you, people are expecting you. Yeah, and, and it's, it's like the extra push sometimes. Yeah, we rely on those things for like the self care aspects of stuff like going to work every day requires you to get out of bed and go to work yeah. every day and without yeah. it you're like fuck I'll just I can't believe people are like that like, I'm so shocked yeah it's so un- yeah. like no empathy at all it was, it, yeah it was a bit of a bad experience and I think it's kind of taught me a lot about like the corporate world I think like sure. you're just a cog in the machine for them really mm. and like yeah. you you probably know now like what kind of person you would want to work from what kind of person Abs- you would absolutely and I think it was again you kind of got, learn these things in your 20s only when you go from jobs and stuff and yeah, I think the first job I was at was a really good company. I think it would have been a bit more understanding. The job that I went into this after this one was 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 understanding, mm-hmm. um, and I had a good manager. There was an element though after when she passed away, it was like, when are you coming back? Yeah, how long are you going to be dealing with this yeah. for? Uh, like my whole life. I was like, I was like, I it's just me in the house. Right. Like, you know, like what, <laughs> what, like what do you mean? Like I'm not going to have like a time date on it. And then, did they have? Did they offer you any support? Did they have like a HR like a? They did kind of, but like it was only it was only when I kind of kicked up a fuss really, yeah. because I was, I was like, um, like my manager texted me and asked if everyone came and stuff, which is fine. It goes like a certain way, but then it got to a point where I was like, I'm feeling like I'm being pressured to come back. Mm-hmm. And bearing in mind, this is like a 150 billion a year company. Yeah, like they're not your fine. That has like 120,000 employees. Yeah. yeah, you're not changing their destiny, are you? No. So I was like, come on, like anyway. Um, so this was kind of like another reason why I would never want to dedicate myself to a company either of that size because I was made redundant in March <laughs> from the same place. From the same place, yeah, yeah, yeah. I can't believe what I'm hearing. <laughs> that's crazy. Yeah, I was made redundant, so I was like, that's why I kind of was like, mm, I take it with a pinch of salt. Mm. And I would, like, imagine if you'd put yourself through going back to work when you absolutely weren't ready yeah. to then be made redundant in March. I know, and I went back when I wasn't ready. Yeah, like I broke my back for you and here I am, like, unemployed. Yeah. Thank you. That's the thing, I went, I went back a week after the funeral. Fuck off. Wow. Yeah. Um, so I went back a week after the funeral because that was the kind of pressure that I had. Do you know um, what? People expect, to, like, I feel like, not that that wouldn't happen to a woman, but I feel I like that's, men, a, that's definitely, like, oh, he'll be fine. Yeah. Because I just don't feel like girls get treated like that at all. No, and that's when the kind of support aspect came in place. Because I, was, I said, look, to the comeback, I feel worse. Um, I said, and I, ra- and I raised it with, in, with the internal HR, like, third party. Because mm-hmm. these corporations have to have some form of, like, yeah. thing in place to support people. So I raised it with them. And even though, I went, even though I raised it with them, it seemed like I got a bit of, like, animosity. And, like, she wasn't that impressed that I went to go and do that and didn't really tell her about it. Right. But I was like, it doesn't... It's they not, don't want to deal yeah. with your issues anyway, do they? Not like, exactly. You're supposed to go to someone else and then they get shitty for... But it, you not doing if I look at it and, and I'm, I'm feeling like I'm a lot more of a positive person than I was, than I, 
before my mum passed away, I was pretty negative and okay. self and self indulgent. Mm-hmm. Um, and I got made redundant and they basically paid me to leave. <laughs> and yeah. I, was hey. to so I, was like, I was like, I was like, cheers for the cash. Um, I'm now moving to Manchester and I'm now going to have a blowout for like nine months, courtesy of you. So. And is that what you did? Did you go and have a blowout for nine months? Yeah, it, I probably took up about a decade off my lifespan. <laughs> um, <That's laughs> no, it was a weird time on it because, like, it felt like the world was going to shit. Like, sure. everything was weird. You couldn't go and see anyone and you couldn't see friends. I mean, uh, and then, yeah, it was tough because I moved to Manchester in June 2020. I was, as I was saying, I was going to go in, like, February because of what's happening. And I saw, like, oh, COVID's happened. COVID is coming. Like, don't hand your notice in because, like, what if like right? scaremongering wasn't yeah, like don't, yeah don't hand your notice because what if everything goes to shit and you have a job and you can't go to Manchester mm-hmm. um, so I couldn't go to June anyway and that was again it had that element of like being trapped and not being able to do what I wanted to do yeah, and did yeah. you stay in that same house that no, luckily um, I went to my dad's I think it was in March it was a really bad time in March actually um, I was seeing someone I used to see like a while ago uh, and then that got called off because of Covid and stuff so I had like, that sort of emotional element like removed mm. and like so kind of like support um and then it was like mother's day and my mom's birthday like like a week after one another and then it was on mother's day like, i just literally just had a breakdown yeah and i hadn't had one at that point yeah i obviously cried and stuff and like i really i really struggled to cry it's, like, it's almost like the world forces you to stop at that point yeah it? and i was just i just remember i just bawled my eyes out and my hands were shaking i couldn't breathe it was awful yeah. um and i just called my dad and said look i said can you guys come down here so I didn't really, it was weird because like, I didn't, I'm not from, I'm not from Maidenhead originally. Like I'm from Essex and my family live in Essex and right. my dad's side will live in Dublin. And my so dad lives all up over north. the place. Yeah, yeah. So I've got no family in Maidenhead. So when it was like, when my mum passed away, I couldn't just go to my grandparents or whatever. Mm. It was like, I'll either go to Essex and stay at my grandparents, which I couldn't do because of COVID. Yeah, yeah. Or go up north to where my dad is in Hull. So I just called my dad. I was like, can you come down here? So I said, no, you can come up here. And I think there's an element of that person that I was seeing, like I didn't really want to go. Because, uh, because it was like, the, but then obviously circumstances changed. Um, and then I went to my dad's, and that was good. It, it enabled me to kind of, and my dad is, as I said at the start, my dad's a big inspiration for me, and he's someone that I go to and I have to speak about things, and yeah. like, he always gives me good advice. And, and he yeah. probably understand what you're going through a lot more than your friends. Yeah, yeah, of like, course. Yeah. Do you think it was good for him to kind of remove you from your space? Like, for yeah, yeah, definitely. You know, you come here. He like, probably knew yeah. what he was doing, to be fair. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> Well, he doesn't drink, and I turned into, I honestly turned into a bit of a drunk in lockdown. Did you? Yeah, I think like, a lot of people did. I, I don't think you were like. Yeah, yeah I, I, I never drink by myself. I don't think people, people know me know that I like to drink maybe in excess and maybe a bit too much. <laughs> we're um, like that. We, we, drink, we drink yeah. out, but we don't like, we're not really yeah. big on drinking at home. But, but um, yeah, so I, I was like, I was just getting like, you know, an eight crate of Stella in, sitting on Zoom on the mates and just tanking that in and just being pissed and that, but you close that top. Yeah, just swaying around in the apartment. Like, oh god! So um, it was good. I I really needed it. It kind of gave me a, a chance to sit there, um, and kind of like work out a plan and stuff. Yeah. And I did. I did. I did go back. I went back in. I think it was the end of May. So I had like a month in the house by myself again. Right. But I was absolutely fine when I went back. Had a bit of a shift in your. Had a bit of a shift. Yeah, I had a bit of a shift in thought and cleared my mind and obviously. The going back in there and seeing the pictures and stuff was like it was a bit easier. Whereas before it was difficult because I just sit there and I randomly just start crying. Mm. And I was like, why is this happening? Mm-hmm. Do you find it easier now to like look at pictures and stuff in like a happy way? Yeah, yeah, I've got like um, some photos up there. Yeah. So that's like, um, I've got a photo in my room. Mm-hmm. And do you know what? One of the boys, my friend Nick, got me a photo of like a canvas. <sighs> 
Yeah, that's in my room. I put like a little thing in the. I've got like a thing in the corner of my room. It's like a a picture of my mum, um, her ashes next to it. The watch that she got me for my twenty fifth with like red thing engraved on the back. Um, my sister's graduation ticket. I got very sentimental when yeah. I passed away. And I never used to be like that. Yeah. <laughs> and I got that from my mum, I think. Well, I mean, I definitely got it from my mum. My dad's not very sentimental. <laughs> but I think this is a man thing. Um, but I got that from my mum after she passed away. So, like, I think I've become a lot more thoughtful for these kind of things. Do um, you think that, like, how has it impacted the way that you, like, react to other situations? Like, more trivial stuff? Yeah. I mean, I'll kind of give you a bit of context around it. Like, the reason why I think I've dealt with this so well is because I think it's fast forward me to what I would see myself as being at like 30, 30 or okay. 30 plus because like I physically had to grow up. Um, yeah. And then when you lose, when you lose someone like that, it was really weird. And I think I deal with it quite well because it's brought out a really good side of me before that. I'll be pretty honest. I was pretty fucking self-centered. Okay. Um, it was kind of like, I, subconsciously I wasn't even thinking about it. Yeah. It was like, when she was going, when she was ill, I kind of made things about me sometimes. And it was, I mean, I'm not beating myself about it because it's quite easy to do because I was yeah, young and all this yeah. sort of stuff. But I didn't really consider other people's feelings or emotions in certain situations or like what they're potentially going through or what, what's the impact of me being there. And and everything was kind of like, it was kind of set up for around myself. Yeah. Um, since you passed away, on the other hand, <laughs> I'm a much more selfless person. If, like, if someone's going through a spot of bother, I'm always the first person to be like, look, if you need a chat, like, let me know. Yeah. Even if I've got shit on my plate, because I just feel like, especially men and stuff, I feel like you need to have someone that's like an emotional outlet. It's oh, so, so bad how little support there is for men who mm. are going through something. It's Even getting better, but it's tough. It's getting better. But like, yeah. it's pages like yours, isn't it? Like, not that yours is just specifically centered around men, yeah. but it's the first platform. Like, I've followed it since the beginning because I think obviously we've got mutual friends and like, yeah. people sharing. Um, but I think that because it's coming from a man, it makes men feel more inclined to be involved in it. Yeah. yeah. Like we love having male guests on the podcast because we are it's girls. It's such a different we, perspective, we isn't it? We talk from like, honestly, <laughs> sometimes we say things about <laughs> men. And our male friends are like, we don't think that at all. Yeah. Like, we're guessing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, since I moved to Manchester, this is a kind of new experience for me as well. It's like 50% of my friendship group are, are girls. Right. And it was never like that before. And it's, it's the most amazing insight because... They're way more sentimental. Like, mm. they are. They all go out for little, like, dinners and stuff together. They, like, you have a little promotion. Like, here's a card. Here's some flowers. <laughs> and, like, do you, like... And don't, 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 my, my friends are like that. Like, the boy side of things. Like, if someone gets a promotion at work or someone does really well, everyone's like, oh, well, I'm like, super proud of all sort of stuff. But girls, like, they just take it to, like, another level. Yeah. And I think that's, that's kind true. of what kind of awoken in me, like, when my mum passed away. It's like... And moving up here has, like, changed my life, really. Because my friends, like... We all buy each other presents on each other's birthdays. Like... Mm. You've got like a little family thing going on. Absolutely, and, and I think going back to the women point, it gives you like a completely different perspective on certain situations. I'm sorry, <laughs> um, which is which is great, um, and it's also just because be around girls and just have like girls who are friends as well. If you know what I mean, yeah. and, it's like, and it, it gives you like a different perspective on life. And I feel like I open up to them quite a lot, and mm-hmm. they're always there to offer me a different opinion, which is, which is great. How do you find like having like female friends? Yeah. And then, and being able to be sentimental, being able to be more emotional with them. Yeah. Can you then implement that with your guy friends, or is there still yeah. that block there? Are you still trying to like edge away at them and be like, "Come on, like try, yeah. try and be more in touch." Teach them how you, you've gone <laughs> yeah. through yeah. a lifetime of shit in a really small amount of time. Yeah. And like you said earlier, like a lot of people haven't, and you hope that they never do. But is there that part of you that's like, I see that I've been enlightened to this other side of things to 
to be more sentimental, to be more emotional, to, to speak about how I'm feeling, to speak about the shit I go through. Yeah. But there's so many people around us that still don't do it. Yeah. And I guess for you being a man and having male friends, like, do you still feel that like little divide? Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm guilty of it as well. Like, we say we speak about things, and you speak about, like, the tip of the iceberg. You're like, oh, I, feel like yeah. I feel like shit today. And you're like, okay, why? Because, I don't know, I'm just having a bad day, or work's not going well, or, or in, in my sense, like, I've got a new feeling of grief that I haven't felt before. Right. And with that, like, I'm, I don't open up fully. Okay. I, I, I don't. I, I open up in the sense, like, I, I talk about how I feel. Mm-hmm. But there's elements, there's, like, in my head anyway, there's, like, an element of, like, it's all this stuff that's jumbled up and it's hard to articulate how I'm feeling at mm. this point in time. But you would say if and you had the words. the words. Yeah, and, so, and sometimes you feel a bit like, for me anyway, sometimes you feel a bit silly. Like I go to therapy and I just talk about everything about how I'm feeling because there's no prejudgmental like opinions on things. It's very safe. It's a safe space, safe yeah, yeah. Space. And I, I honestly, I go there and I just ramble. Yeah. So here's 50 quid. I'm just going to literally sit here for an hour <laughs> and just spew everything how I'm feeling. Because Does it make you feel better? You feel like yeah, yeah, it does, um, and I think it is really important, especially someone that's like my brain that goes like a, a million miles an hour, and I really struggle to let things go and move past things. Right. So kind of, I, I go to therapy and I talk about things that like that happened to me in the past that I struggled to kind of get through, and I think like because of I've gone through this like grief whirlwind. Any other areas of my life, whether that's like relationships or um, jobs and all that sort of stuff, mm-hmm. it doesn't get chance to get fully processed because like there's just so much going on in there mm. okay. so it's like added it into the mix that you've already got going yeah on. yeah pretty much do um, you do, do you think you've, your attitude towards relationships like has changed massively yeah really? I've been sing- I've been probably single probably for like four and a half years okay. really yeah um, so with the grief thing like this is quite a big topic this is quite a big topic for me so I'm happy to happy to speak about it um, being single through grief is shit okay it's it's so shit. I can't express like how difficult it is because if I feel like shit, obviously I live by myself or work by myself, and it's me yeah. pretty much all day. If I feel like shit, it's down to me to make myself feel better. Yeah. Like I don't, I can't get I like I don't come home and there's someone waiting and be like, oh yeah, like I make you dinner or something, or, like rub your head and be like, oh, everything's gonna be alright. Like that comfort. Yeah. It's like him. it's like oh okay, well I feel like shit. I'm gonna make some dinner because that's kind of like my therapy kind of thing. Like just so now. And I sit here and I eat by myself. And it's just like, well, this is shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Isolating. Yeah. But at the same time, I feel like where I've had an experience of being hurt whilst my mum like, passed away, um, I have a really difficult exterior to kind of get through. Mm. Okay. Um, I've dated like a lot since I've been here. Mm-hmm. Um, some successful, some not successful. But I've got like a barrier where like, I don't really let people in. Do you find that it makes you more empathetic to a to a woman though? Because you've yeah. gone through because like you said, like having female friends now, like having that more emotional side to Being a little bit more sentimental. Yeah, like who you probably were before all of this stuff happened. Like when you said about maybe being a bit more like self centered or self indulgent. Yeah. Do you feel like that's shifted and maybe people seek comfort in you versus you being able to ask for comfort in somebody else? Yeah, I think so. Uh, and, and obviously like I don't mind being there for, for people and stuff. Yeah. And but going back to kind of what you're saying from a from a girl perspective, um, it's difficult. I just feel like I've just got like, this like exterior shell, which like I feel like if I let someone in and I, I like like them, for instance, mm-hmm. I'm well intent. Like I, I know that for myself. I'm okay. all or nothing because there's an element of like 
and this never ha- this never happened. I was never I was never really that intense. Like I've had relationships before, and like they kind of just happen naturally. Mm-hmm. But with this, like where I've got an element of like I want I want to meet someone that like knows kind of what I'm like and what I'm going through, and can be there to support me. Mm-hmm. And I've got this element of like I don't want to open up to someone because I've been hurt once or in my most vulnerable. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like when I have that connection with someone and I feel like I like them because this is rarity I don't really like that many people I don't really get through to that but I don't have that connection with a lot of people like, yeah. it's really rare so if I did find it with someone I just I instantly like latch onto it and like I put like all my chips into it and I'm like oh let's go do this let's go do that and I'm, and I'm really intense and I'm, like sometimes I just need to take a step back and be like for someone that doesn't know what my situation is or kind of what I've gone through but for them it's like it's like whoa this guy's a lot yeah, and like if you had a chance to explain yourself, yeah, like, yeah, why yeah. you feel that way. Yeah, but I think like when you were saying earlier that being like when you're grieving and you're single, it's hard because you're spending a lot of time on your own anyway. Yeah, and like there's nobody to like, cheer you up. I do totally get that because like I'm awful for relying on my friends if I'm not feeling great. To I know if I go and see them, I'll laugh, and at least like that's the first. Yeah, mm-hmm. but do you not think there's like an element of like the benefit that you've not relied on someone else for your happiness when you're because you've gone through something that they can't change yeah. and that they can't fix like you've probably in being single you've probably learned to like fix that for yourself yeah and like when you meet someone it won't be their responsibility you've, you've dealt with not that yeah. you, you'll continue to deal with it for sure for the rest of your life but you've learned how to cope and make yourself happy yeah because if you're in a relationship I can imagine I'm not saying if you're grieving, break up, but like, I can imagine you become very codependent and rely on that point. Yeah, exactly. And I obviously like I live by myself. I've moved myself up here. I'm, I'm very, I'm very self um, independent. And I think that's like another reason. Like I've always got this in the back of my mind. If you don't come into my life and make what I've made for myself better, yeah. then what's the point of me like getting involved in it? <gasps> mm-hmm. I love that. Be- that is true though. Yeah. It's so that true. would be true whether you. Whoops. <laughs> that would be true whether you'd experience anything or not though. Like, yeah. do you know what I mean? You should exactly. maybe what you've experienced has made you realize that. But yeah. for everybody, like, I've you've made such a nice life for yourself, considering you've been through so much as well. If you're not going to come here and like we're going to benefit each other, then what are we doing? Yeah, it's like even like it's one occasion. Even like bickering like two weeks into, it, I'm like, do you know what? I'm just not doing this. Mm. Like, I really, I really can't be bothered. Like, I'm, I'm a positive person. I, I honestly laugh, and I, I'm most days I'm, I'm in a good mood, and then like. But, like, if, you, if someone's coming in and, and they're disrupting that, it's like, what's the... Yeah, you're disrupting my peace, leave me alone. <laughs> yeah. And, again, I, I'm, I'm, I'm militant a bit. And, but also at the point where it could be difficult for me to... I could be missing out on so many opportunities because of, like, how I am. So you're kind of, like, not found the balance yet? None. <laughs> and I haven't for a while, to <laughs> Like, you've got the benefit of, like, not letting your, like, happiness be interrupted by somebody else. But, like, maybe there's another side to that where you could experience a different kind of happiness with someone but you won't like get past that point yet yeah exactly (laughs) yeah exactly which is um maybe if you meet the right person yeah Yeah. i mean that's one of the reasons why i'm into manchester because obviously we've made heads made heads a small town yeah the dating pool in buckinghamshire wild yeah and it's not something that i ever want to delve back into um (laughs) not a suburban no so i came up here and it's really weird right so in my in my friendship group the girls are kind of going out with some of the guys and we will pick one group and 
there's no real, real single people in here, so for me it's kind of difficult to. And I'm not the kind of guy to go up to a girl at a bar. And no way! No. Oh, I'm really shocked. Yeah, I'm not. I just don't have it in me. And well, it, how do you do it? Are you an online dater? What's your thing? Oh, I don't. Online dating is hell. But like, it's, it's <laughs> the only option that I've really got because yeah, I mean, it's, it's, like, it's kind of it's trying to strike a balance. I think like when I lost my mum and stuff and was messed around like after she passed away, um, it ripped out my confidence as well, big time. Right. Because like it, it's like you you're emotionally vulnerable and you let someone in and. Then, you get messed around and it's tough and especially trying to bounce back from that especially like processing my mum's just died now I've been messed around and it's like I've I've I'm almost vulnerable as well and it's difficult to kind of bounce back from that and especially with the confidence thing because as I said like, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't go up to a girl at a bar and just try and tap them up so funny is I'm it so like that surprised. fear of like rejection massively yeah yeah yeah, yeah massively yeah 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 massively I've got a massive fear of rejection okay because I don't, I don't want to go up there and be like, and, and say. To I know what you mean. I wouldn't want to do that. And, and, and then, I want to, I want to feel like a nuisance because, like, a girl's trying to enjoy a night out. I don't want to go up to and be like, especially with the mates, and be like, oh hi, I'm pissed up. That like you, you've already set yourself like ten pegs above like ninety percent of men because they don't care about being a nuisance. Yeah, but there's also the there's also the element of like unknown dating because as I was saying before, like my friendship group are kind of all going out with each other. Mm-hmm. So there's no single groups like we're not going to go up to, like we're not going to meet a group of girls on the night out and you mm-hmm. try to speak to them that way. So it's like unless you're going to bring the whole group. Yeah, there's like thirty. I'm just going to chat to these like three girls in the smoking area to bring everyone yeah. over because I'm single. I need to chat to someone. <laughs> um, there's an element of that, and um, with trying to get to know someone, the other thing you have is online dating, and it's just hell. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, online dating is a pool yeah. I no longer want to be in. This yeah. is an anti-online dating podcast. Uh, do you know what? I don't, I mean there that. are times, and you might find this being single, yeah. like where it seems like the best idea in the world. Generally, when I'm hungover, I'm like, I'm just gonna scroll and like talk to someone on here because it's not real life. Yeah. And yeah. then the minute like it gets a bit more, or they ghost you. Have you ever been? Yeah, 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 yeah. As much as it pains you to admit, it has happened. <laughs> There's been a couple of shameless double texts before. Um, but it always happens. But it's such like a because because online dating is so big now. It takes you out of real life. So when you are in a bar now, yeah. it's so it's so nerve wracking. Like our parents would have had to have walked up to someone yeah. in order to meet them. They didn't even and have like, mobile phones. Like they would have had to have actually made so much effort in order to continue yeah, they used this to say, like, quite love letters and stuff like that no wonder why they've all stayed with each other for years maybe doing that again try love letters that yeah I'll probably get sectioned he's a guy sending me letters it would be, isn't it weird that that would be bizarre now if somebody yeah. was sending you letters I'd be like guys there's someone sending letters oh, to my house like their tap. but that oh, would yeah. have been like do you know like lovely back in the day yeah. maybe the thing is it should still be lovely it's not lovely or, but it's no, yeah. fucking it's, weird yeah it should be nice but it's not it's a restraining yeah. order now sure but I think as well <laughs> like, the whole thing with the, with the bar situation or like going yeah. out someone comes up to you girls do this awful thing where they'll like look at their friend <laughs> don't they like in the club if well, someone like, comes up and dances with you like you check with your friend to see if they're like alright yeah, or like yeah, yeah. <laughs> if they're a weirdo and then they're like come here because you don't know and the thing is a pissed person's very different from a sober person yeah and like I'm if you met them sober yeah, like yeah. you'd probably have a great time and be fine yeah. but your first impression is this like you think you're like not you but one thing yeah. they're like but I'm, I'm throwing sure. some shapes and then you're seeing them and you're like they're just falling over. <laughs> that's me. Like, honestly, I look so unattractive when I drink because like I'm just so plastered. I think that's one of the reasons why I don't chat to them anyway because I just know I look like a state. Yeah. <laughs> it's not a good time. And it's yeah. So I was just like, I'm not doing that because I just look like a mess. And it's really weird. Like if, if I'm in front of a date with someone, I'm never nervous because like I know that I can talk and whatever. And it usually goes mm-hmm. pretty well. Like I have never had an awkward date. And if it's 
I'm going to sound like a bit of a cock here, but like if it's, if it's awkward, it's because of you, it's not because of me. Right. <laughs> I know I'm fine, so... Yeah, I know that I can talk and I'm like... I've got like I, a, wait, was it with us saying this the other day? What? Oh, no, I was saying this for someone at work. There's this one person at work that's, and everything is so awkward with them. And yeah. sometimes I start to think it's me. But I know it's not. It's not me. It makes you I'm, question yourself, though, I'm isn't fine it? with 98% of other people. Like, you're the issue. Exactly, exactly. So... Yeah. I agree with that. And it also gets, especially online dating, like, it kind of gets rid of that initial barrier of, like, whether they find me, attra- or I find them attractive or not. Mm. You've, like, mutually liked Yeah, yeah, so you're, like, you're not going up to the girl at the bar, because we're just like a smoke face. You're yeah. Like, oh, I'm never yeah. doing that ever again. How do you find, like, with dating, like, when you're actually, like, dating someone, is, are you quite... Or, like honest from the get go about your situation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I speak about like, the first day. I don't care if I'm being selfish. I don't care if it makes them feel that uncomfortable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, but like get that out of the way because they, ha- they have to know that's what it is. And like if you're getting to know someone, especially like myself, if you want to meet someone and be in a relationship, yeah, they have to kind of know. I'm not, I'm not going to tell them my whole life story, but like look, sure. and I, I, don't, I like speaking about my mum on a date. Like it's a big part of my life, you know. And like it wouldn't be weird for you to speak about your mum on a date no. had you have not lost your mum. Yeah, exactly. So, so like, why, why are you making it subjects? weird? Because yeah. I, it, it, don't be honest. There's, there's sometimes initially like, oh, I'm, I'm really sorry. It's like, no, don't apologise. I don't mind speaking about it. Yeah. And you kind of like you alleviate that concern like kind of straight away. Mm-hmm. I think that's a really nice way to be, and that's how I would like someone to address it with me. It's tough. It's tough yeah, at yeah, first. Yeah. It's tough at first because you don't really want to speak about it because like it's kind of like a learning process. Because at, at first, I was like, do I want to mention it on the first date? And it's, it's quite an intense topic. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was like, do you know what? Fuck it. I'm just going to say it and just see how I got on. And obviously, the more time's gone on the easiest to think about it. Like, people tend to handle it quite well. Yeah, they're, they're always like, oh, I'm sorry, like, you have to go through it. But it's like, it's obviously a natural response. If I hadn't lost my mum, I'd say to someone, I'm really sorry, you have to go through that. And it's nice, it's empathetic, but it's like, don't be sorry, like, I'm, I'm speaking to you about it because I want to speak yeah. about it. Yeah. And plus, like, my mum left me, like, a video, which is like... Oh, stop it. Yeah, yeah. You've got to know they can cry. Yeah. And on the way up here, she was like, do you think I might cry? I was like, <laughs> probably. I'm so sensitive. <laughs> yeah, so, my mum left, left me a video, and in the video, she said, like, a number of things. Um, and one thing that sticks out massively is like make sure you find your partner is like the right person. Yeah. And I think there's another element of why I'm so like picky. Like, so yeah, picky. Yeah. Like picky is the right way to put it. Yeah. Because like I don't want to get in a situation where like I end up getting hurt or or whatever. Yeah. But mm-hmm. she said choose your partner wisely. And I think I think a lot of that comes down to like my mom and dad broke up when I was like five, and it was quite a difficult breakup. And when you go through that at that sort of age, it's tough. Yeah. yeah. Especially like my dad has like drank quite a bit and. Yeah, it was difficult because like you have like you have a bit of a gap. So for me, like I want to make sure if I meet someone, like I don't have the experience that I had kind of. Okay. Yeah. Growing up. But then I think as well, like your. That's what any mum would do. Yeah. That's what like, every not everyone, but people that have a good relationship with their parents, they do look to their parents for advice when they're dating. Yeah, my dad's tried to step up massively with that. Yeah. <laughs> so but when well, you're in your twenties, yeah. you're over keeping secrets. Like everyone's having sex, it's fine. Like we've got past that. And you're episode twenty. That's why you've got past it. Yeah. <laughs> I grew up. I grew up then. Yeah. But like, they do. They do look out for you. Like, yeah. so it's nice that you have an element of like your mum in your head when you are dating. Just yeah. Like you'll know if she'd like them or not. You'll know. If yeah, definitely. Yeah. And that's that's, that's tough because I always used to chat to mum on the sofa about girl problems, and there was quite a lot of them. <laughs> um, <laughs> back again, back back, back when, I, when I was that kind of person I was before. Like I was, I was a bit of a dick when it came to girls, and I'll, I'll be the first person to admit that. Um, Again, just working in like a self-centered way, but it wouldn't come from myself as a person as like how I am. Like it was like when I had a drink and stuff, and I just mm. like this element of like there's probably two sides to me. But like one of them, like when I drink quite a bit, like an element which I would never be like 
in normal life. In normal life, we come out. Your alter ego. Yeah, an alter ego. I'm not making excuses, <laughs> by the way. Like it's, it's, it was a bad person, and I've always probably wasn't easy a person to be with. Now I think I am really, and like, I feel like I would be an incredibly good boyfriend and all that sort of stuff. But um, yeah, my mum was like, make sure you do that person wisely. And I talked talk about my girl problems, and since like she passed away. My dad's tried to step up to the plate massively. Oh, that's so sweet. <laughs> yeah, and he tries to, and he, and like, it's like dad. Like, you call me. We speak to my dad like three times a week, probably. Mm-hmm. He goes, "What's new in the girl scene?" Then I was like, "Nothing's changed in the week." <laughs> dad, I can't talk yeah. to girls at bars. I can't talk to girls at bars. Like, it's different. It's different from what you what you've gone through. Like, you had these whole like fucking. You, you meet someone, you start texting for it, there's talking stages, then you start seeing them for a bit, and then you finally get to a relationship like four, four, three, four months later. Oh, it's so confusing. It's an it's commitment. It's honestly, so I'm so tired of this like, talking phase thing, because I, I, I probably have like, arthritis it. in my thumbs from out of like, text. <laughs> Over like over like the past like three years, run like, out of likes on him. Uh, yeah, like, literally. Fuck. Yeah, got to wait till the like, so tunnel on my hands from all the swiping. <laughs> <laughs> um, no talking stage, it's awful. I don't understand any of it. Hence why I'm single. But like talking stage. Seeing each other exclusively, seeing each other, yeah, yeah. and then there's so many. Plans. And then you're in the Instagram story. You've got someone's arms in like a, a meal and a date, or like someone's yeah. arms in a drink. And then everyone's group chats are like, exactly. like, like we, we do that all the time. We're terrible. Yeah, we do. We do. But um, yeah, date, to summarise it, like, dating is difficult once you've lost your parents. Yeah, it really is because like you, you have to you go in there with this front, and then you've got this, this as I said before, like this level of intensity when you do meet someone because you feel like. All your eggs in one basket. Yeah, 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 and it's like all or nothing. It's like, oh my god, like finally, like I'm, and it's like it, you might even like that person. You're just doing it because like you had like an initial connection. Feel something. Yeah, and you know you might get like a few weeks down the line when I was like, well, that was a waste of time. Do you think that, like, as like losing your mum? Yeah. Do you think it's like the woman thing that makes you feel so intense towards other like in in relationships? If you feel something, is it like? Do you feel like you're? Not like that you're replacing, but you feel like you have like a void that you try and fill. Yeah, I think so. From like a female attention side. Yeah, because mums swoon over sons, don't they? Yeah, you know what I mean, like, yeah. like, like yeah, my mum was always interested in that stuff. Um, what's a tough question? There's there's an element of like an emotional void, yeah, mm-hmm. and there's also a physical void as well. Yeah. Because yeah. I'm, I'm, not, like, I'm, I'm a proper like cuddler, like, like, like tactile. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I like having my head. <laughs> I like having my head. <laughs> <laughs> I like cuddling over like. Do you oh. know what? You'll never need to go into a bar again. Any single lady is yeah. listening to this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like um. So I, like, I'm, I'm, I'm all for that, really. So there is a massive element of, of that. Yeah. And it's yeah. like as I was saying, I just sit on my sofa, eat my dinner, I'm like this is boring. Yeah. It's that company, isn't it? And it's yeah. not the company of another. I think as like a heterosexual man, there's not the yeah. company of another male. It is the company of a female. Definitely, it's a different yeah. element. You had that like laughter with your mates and stuff, yeah, but like yeah, at yeah. the end of the day, like it's I'm like not going to cuddle my yeah. mates. Am I? And like you're in a relationship. You're in a relationship. You're with your friends. Yeah. You're in a group of friends who are in a lot of relationships as well. It's so like when the night ends, you're like, oh, all right, yeah. bye guys. Yeah, I mean, I'm usually the last one standing at the end of the night, so like, <laughs> I take myself home. Um, but no, it's like it is. It is tough to see that you know you do out and like. I remember one time we went out for a meal. We were waiting for the taxi. And it was just me and the three couples, and the three couples were there holding hands, kissing it in the middle. I'm just like, all right, guys, yeah, I'm, <laughs> I, I'm here. Yeah. Um, Does and anyone want to talk to me? And <laughs> that, that is really tough, and I never thought it'd be an area that I would struggle with. But I think, like, where you, I'd, I'd say the second year has been most intense. I needed, to, I needed to be single after my mum passed away because, like, I just had to have a blowout, and no one right. could have been with me at that point. Right. Because it was just like self-destructive. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But it needed to happen. I needed, I needed to get rid of it. I mean, I still have self-destructive tendencies now, which are difficult and things I'm trying to work through, but. The second year, like, I'm definitely, like, well-rounded. Like, was there a point where you thought, like, 
and I think that it's quite prominent of being in your 20s, yeah. was there a point where you thought, like, I'm ready to start dating? Was there something that changed that? Was there a certain person that made you feel a certain way? Like, because I feel like there's never... It's the same with grief. It's the same with anything. Like, there is no linear route. No one can tell you how yeah. to do it or how quick to do it or how not quick to do it. Like, was it something that you kind of just threw yourself into because you're like, everyone else is doing it, I need to? Yeah. Or was it like, hold on, I'm ready to... To try and have the I kind of, I, I kind of do anyway because I'll be honest, I, I, I date a bit because I, I like just quite like the experience. Yeah, mm. like it's quite fun, you know. You get to meet someone, have a few drinks, and see what happens. And um, I've kind of been like that anyway. Like when I moved to right. Manchester, it's like, I mean, I'm a guy, I, I have needs. I can't want to meet. Like you want, you want like so there's some other single people, you yeah, know. So yeah, you kind yeah, of want to go yeah. and you know you you, you dating apps and you go out and whatever. But there was a point where I was like, I think going back to your question was like more recently. It was like, yeah, I am kind of ready to to do that yeah. and, and be, only because I feel emotionally ready to do that because I know that I decide that I've got to give to myself is the best version that I have it's, so, like, it's weird to think like before all of your experiences would you have even acknowledged whether you were emotionally ready for something or not yeah. and, and I feel like, that's a new thing I've, I've, heard, I've heard people probably not being like that mm. and, and not being emotionally intelligent and being like and this is going back to the self-centered thing mm-hmm. like what is the impact of my actions in dating someone if I'm not ready to date I'm, I'm, I'm you the, need to become a dating coach Ryan yeah <laughs> literally <laughs> You can teach a lot of boys a lot of things. But I've had to go through that and do that to people, which is like the fact that it's the stuff that I obviously regret and stuff. But yeah. but to go through that now is like would be a completely different thing. And obviously don't come to me for dating advice. I've been single for, <laughs> I've, I've been single for four years, so I don't know if I'm doing anything wrong. But um but no, there's there's an element of doing that. But like the, the, going back to the sort of like the whole topic of grief, it is it's difficult to difficult to do both at the same time. Yeah. And as as I said, like when you feel like you get somewhere the, the, the things that you've gone through the emotions come up and you get attached to things and like I said like it brings out like an intense but like there's another bit of like oh I'm excited to kind of meet someone and see someone but at the same time it's like it probably fast forward it tenfold because of the baggage that I've got like, behind right. it mm. do you feel like your grief has changed yeah second like year. the way that you grieve yeah changed. second year's been the worst really yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm approaching the third year in December but second year was so much more difficult than the first for me and those people say the first year is difficult because you've obviously got the first milestones that you go through. Big change. Yeah, yeah. And don't get me wrong, it was fucking difficult. But like mm. the second year was difficult for me because like I'm here now, I'm settled, I'm here, and I'm just some days I'll just sit there and be like, fuck. Yeah. <laughs> like that's my life. Yeah, yeah like right. it's yeah, it's tough, man, because you can't pick up the phone, you can't text them, you can't call them. Mm. Um, and then I think that just to the contrast between the two, that for me the first year was shock. And obviously, I knew my mum was like passing away because I was having to go through it and see it on a day to day basis. So I probably started grieving a little bit earlier than when she actually passed away. But the, the, the first is shock, and you're like, what the fuck? And especially with like the pandemic and stuff, it didn't really give me time to focus on yeah. that sort of stuff. I mean, it did when I was living in the house because that's the only thing I could think about and see on a, on a, oh, on a day to day basis. So Sounds so, like, so intense. Yeah, it was really intense. Um, and then you go through like the second aspect of the second year. And everything kind of slows down then, and you're like, Ooh. "Do people stop checking in?" Yeah, I'd say so. Like the whole everything around it kind of changes. Yeah, but I think that's down to me as well because, like, I, it's not as if I go out and put on a brave face. I've generally got a brave face, and I, and I go out and I socialise. Even if mm-hmm. I'm feeling a bit shit, like I might say to the boys, "I feel a bit crap," like, mm-hmm. and they'll be like, "Oh, you're right," blah blah blah. Um, but yeah, like it, it, it can be tough, and, and going kind of back to what you said. Um, there's a there's an element of struggling to kind of get it out as well and and and, and going out and, and kind of dealing with it but with people checking in um it kind of like fizzles out a little bit yeah. it, it, it definitely does uh but like 
for me, with my friends that haven't gone through it, there's not much more that they can say that they've already said. Yeah. Right. So I'm here for you as well, okay, cool. <laughs> I have yeah. such a big question. Go on. Because one of, so when I was at uni, one of my friends lost a parent. Yeah. I think we were like 22. I think she's even younger than me. She might have been 21. Yeah. And I did not know what the fuck to say. I didn't yeah. know what to do. I actually, like, she's a bit like... She's definitely listening. She's like, <laughs> colder. Not colder, yeah. like, she's amazing, but she's not like a... She's not a needy person, is she? No. And, like, she's not like a flowers. No. And all. So I didn't buy her flowers, so I was like, I know she won't want flowers. But I was in some weird state of panic, and I bought, like, loads of biscuits and a car air freshener and turned up her house, and I was, like, holding this box of biscuits. And, like, the whole box off the shelf at Tesco's. And an air freshener. And my, in my head, I was like, I get a little care package. But it didn't work out. And I just had biscuits and air freshener. <laughs> and I turned up at her door. And, like, I didn't really know what to say. Yeah. And she's the type to, like, joke through her, like, grief. Yeah, same as me. So then we were just, like, going through that. And I'm, like, laughing. And I'm thinking, should I laugh? Like, are we mm-hmm. laughing? Or are you, like, not coping? Like, what are we doing? And, like, I kind of just wonder, for you, I guess, again, different for everybody. Yeah. Like, for people that haven't been through something, to know really how, to know really how to deal with it, what do you want people to say? Like, what do you need from people in that moment? I'd say, don't say anything. Just be there. Just be there. And if you can tell that I'm off, mm. just go and take me out for like a bite to eat or something. Right. And I'll tell you if then if I want to speak about it. Right. There's, there's an element of like, when you when you lose a parent, there's a huge wave of everyone that comes to you, especially like online now on Instagram and people you haven't seen. There's a huge, which you, you are grateful for, but there's a huge wave of like, I'm here if you need anything, here if you need anything, here if you need anything. It's like, cool, okay. I don't know what I'm going to come to you for, but... Biscuits and an air freshener. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. As long as they're ginger nuts, so like, <laughs> malted milk, then we're on to a winner. But um, no, there's an element of like, there's just, there's just like, I'm here for you, but it's like, okay, cool, but... What are you actually? Yeah, doing? what are you what are you doing? Like, cheers for the message and stuff. But it's tough, and my, my friends are great, and I have an amazing support network. And I've said this several times, and you know, but sometimes the advice is like, or them them, them them say, them saying, like, oh, like you, you're you're being a bit selfish. Like, you're going down like a path which like we're concerned about. It's like, well, you don't really know what it's like. Mm. So let me just go off on a bit of, bit of a whirlwind. If I don't rein it in, and it is consistent, and I'm like, I'm I'm going out and I'm getting fucked up on drink and drugs for like days on end for like a yeah. week then obviously pull me up on it but if yeah. I'm having like a little blowout on the weekend I'm going to say a little blowout if I'm having like a <laughs> a two day blowout bend on the weekend up. yeah a two day bend on the weekend because I don't want to think about anything mm. just don't kind of like pull me up on it because yeah. I'm just doing what I want to do but that that's I need a right to do I'm not saying this you should do this because it's it's bad you should only do that for a certain period of time and learn when to kind of not use that as a right. like advice yeah and that's the difference mm. and I think that's why I struggled more in the second year because I, I, I knew that I couldn't live how I was last year because one it's expensive <laughs> two it's unsustainable and three I'd probably be dead by like 30 like it's not good for you but yeah. like at the time it might have been like what you needed yeah it's what I needed at the time and I think the, the, the second year is more difficult because like now I sit there and I'm present and I'm like okay I allow myself to feel shit if I'm feeling like shit yeah because you have to if you try and run away from it you try and avoid it it's going to be worse and, and like you, you, you physically feel it you physically feel it in your chest and like for me I feel so heavy like here in my, in my yeah. chest and I, and, I, and I struggle to get up and I struggle to move and I struggle to do anything and that's because I really struggle to cry like I really really struggle to do it and I'm an emotional person I'm in, I'm in touch with my emotions but I can't cry and the video that my mum left me is the only thing that makes me do it wow. so I, I watched that 
it's like a cycle. It probably happens like once every like four or five months, mm-hmm. where like subconsciously I'm carrying around all this baggage, and yeah. like and you forget that that's what you need. Yeah, to do. and I, I'm always the first to wear of it because like I said at the start of the year, I said my aim for this year is to be consistent. The only thing I've been consistent in is not being consistent because <laughs> 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 like because like, because like, I said I said um, well I'm going to the gym. I'm going to be healthy. I, I, I did like a three month cyber streak last year, uh, and I go to the gym and I get in shape and I put it back on again and get in shape and put it back on again. And because it goes in turn with these cycles of grief, because like I stop, the first person that feels it is me. Mm-hmm. And the first thing I stop doing is stop, I stop looking after myself. Right. I stop going to the gym. I stop cooking all the time. I start eating like shit. I start drinking more. Mm-hmm. I struggle to get out of bed. My work, my work motivation falls off a cliff. And I get into that for like a month. And it is like, it's so difficult to get out of it. Yeah. You can feel it like coming. Yeah. Like, oh, you can feel it happy. coming. Because yeah. I, start, I start drinking more. Mm. And, I, and, I, and I subconsciously think about it. Like, if I'm in a good headspace, I can go to a bar, and I, and I did this probably about, I'd say, in August. I can go to a bar, and I can say, I'll have an alcoholic beer. And I can sit there, and I have three or four alcoholic beers, and I'll chat to my friends and have a laugh, mm-hmm. go yeah. home. If I feel subconsciously I've got, like, emotional baggage, I will sit there, and I will subconsciously tank drinks. I will, I will smash through the doubles, and, I'm, and I don't even realise that I'm doing it. Next thing you know, it's, like, 11 o'clock. I'm battered, be it making a tit out of myself. Mm. But because I'm... Because I've got a lot of mentally and I don't realise it and stuff and is then if I'll just talk about how you're feeling but like you can but it doesn't really kind of get rid of that like you start coping with it without in a different way without realising you're doing it probably but going back to the relationship thing there's no one there to be like there's not like I've got a girlfriend that I go back to and be like oh I've gone on a three day bender I've just pissed the missus off like doesn't that like and living by myself as well there's no element of like well I'm gonna go, I'm gonna chill in with the missus this weekend we're gonna go out for dinner it's like well, it's Friday fuck it I'm by myself been here all week let's yeah. go and get wrecked yeah because you're only responsible for your exactly, stuff aren't you exactly. there's no other and then no one's saying. counting on you like to come no. home at midnight yeah. no and do you know what yeah. I mean and financially as well no one's dependent on me financially now yeah. my bills and my rent stuff is paid all, all the time and always has been since I've lived by myself but there is an element of like there's no one to rein me in yeah yeah, it's your surplus. Do you find that like, with your friends, instead of them um, trying to rein you in or say to you, like, yeah. you're going too wild, like, you need to rein it yeah. in, is it a case of, like, if they see that, and this is for you, but, yeah. like, if they see that happening or that you are going out more or whatever, and they're kind of letting you do it, do you find, like, the best way to deal with that is for them to say, like, is everything all right? Like, yeah, are they, you they, okay they, they versus, like... like you need to chill out a little bit. But then do, it's more defensive, isn't it? Yeah, they, they, they do put me up in it, and I get my back up. Right. Yeah, yeah. Because I'm like, I'm like, you don't know what it's like to be dealing with this sort of stuff. Yeah. But at the same time, it's coming from a place of love. And and if it was me, I would want to say that if I saw my friend who was struggling. And but that's just me being defensive. I hate being told what to do. Obviously, I live by yeah, I live by myself. You know, I do everything for myself. Yeah. And but there is an element of truth in it. But if I go off the wagon, it's down to me to kind of put myself back onto it again. Oh, yeah. And like, if I'm being honest, the only way to do that is is cut out the drinking. Okay. Because then it's because interesting that you say that, and then obviously, like your dad is a yeah. What's it called? A sponsor. Yeah. Do you talk to him about it? Yeah, all the time. Yeah, yeah. I, I, like, there's elements. There's elements of like I know that it's, it's a really tough one to kind of go through at the minute. And I go to therapy, and I have actually been to an alco- alcoholics anonymous meeting, not because I think I'm an alcoholic, mm-hmm. but there is an element of where it causes problems in my life, mm-hmm. and I've, I had to address that, and, did, and I did go to one. It kind of shocked me, but like, I'm not like that. Fuck, I'm not going to let myself be like that. But there's an element of like, I've got my dad's DNA. My yeah. mum loved, loved to party as well. Right. So there's a combination of the two. So it's like... <laughs> it's like a perfect mix yeah, of 100% Yeah, you spawned the devil child. Um, so there's an element of that, but there's an element of... 
knowing that I like so again going back to the relationship aspect of it there's nothing to break that up but I know that if I was with someone I wouldn't be going out and getting on a record because I've done that before and it ruined my relationships yeah it really right. did like it, it, it ruined them like there's no two ways about it and I know that now because obviously I'm older I'm a bit more mature and whatever and I would I know that I wouldn't be like that if I was with someone but at the same time I'm single so I am like that there's no one to rein, there's no one to kind of rein me in yeah do you think that like it could be like maybe quite vital to learn to rein yourself in without the help of another? Yes. <laughs> Just wondering. You were right in what you said. I shouldn't rely on someone, but there's an element of like if I'm with someone, then I know that I'm not going to go. To be honest, I'm, I am over it. I'm over being. You feel like you can get like get, not get away with it, but you can do what you want because you know you will meet someone, and when you do, you'll wind it. Yeah, and the thing is, I, I'm emotionally over it. Like I don't want to go out on the record every weekend. Mm. Like, I'm bored of it. I spend all my money doing it. You need something to do though. Talk, talk, talk the same nonsense, but you need something to do. Start yeah. a podcast. Yeah. Yes. You might find yourself travelling for four hours on Saturday morning. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I would ask about your page a bit more. Yeah, sure. Did you set it up because you wanted what you felt like you needed at the time? Or is it just was it just like an outlet for what you were going through? I felt like I was ready to do it. Mm. Okay. I feel like I feel like I was ready to listen to what other people had to say and, and actually speak about it, um, and that's kind of why I set it up really. And you wouldn't be surprised when I, when I set it up. I got like eight hundred like followers or something in a day. Yeah, wow. I, was like, I was like, fuck! <laughs> like, I didn't expect for this to happen. Yeah, so yeah. like, I had to make a video saying like, thanks for everyone, blah 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 blah. But um, going back to your question, yeah, I, I, I did I did set it up because I felt like I was ready to speak about it, and, and also try and give people a platform to speak about it because I, I just felt like there was an element of me being like. Looking at my dad, my dad gives himself selflessly to have other people. Mm-hmm. And I feel like I had a responsibility to do that because in my head and my experience where I didn't have that, I was thinking there's probably some people like me that just don't have this as an outlet. Yeah. yeah. And as, as time's gone on, there's not an element of, of neglect. I think I've changed the way that I kind of run the page. So the page before was like, let's get all these calls booked in. Let's speak about your problems. And it was fine. Mm-hmm. Don't get me wrong, there was days like I really can't be bothered to speak about this because I'm not feeling good. Yeah. But you couldn't bear it because you're helping someone else at the end of the day. Then I kind of changed it like more like a digital first thing where, and there's a girl who runs the page, uh, Holly, and she, she's great. She came up with this idea of sharing the people's stories, which got the page. I love, I love yeah. it. I see it. Yeah, so she's done a really good job with that. The takeovers. Yeah. So that was kind of because I struggle with the social media content. Like I, I don't want to sit there and make grief posts because I've got enough shit on my plate. I don't want to sit there and be sure. like, oh, what, what's grief? Let's. And I've tried to do it. I just sit there. I'm like, why am I doing this? Yeah. Like I don't want to. I don't want to sit there and write this down. Um. So I kind of changed. It. So the stories came and then a lot of people came from that. And I thought, right, okay. So what's a good way to kind of get all these people together? And I started the WhatsApp group. So there's like 50 people in it now. Amazing. And it's, it's it's really really cool. Like if, I mean, it's cool. I mean it's not it's not a group. It's not a group you want to be. It's not a group you want to be part of. But it's it's good. Like if someone's feeling like shit or they're going through like a, a monumental occasion which they haven't experienced before, they'll put it in there. Mm-hmm. You know, six seven people come back to them and answer. I'm like, oh, I feel like this. This helped me at this point. That's amazing. Actually. And it's really good. It's helped me. Like I've, I've been times like, and it's this is the hard bit because I set it up. I want to feel like I'm the person that's like looking out for everyone sure so if I express vulnerability if I express like I feel like shit one day it's hard for me to do that because like I feel like I should be the one that's well, like the teacher yeah, like yeah, trying yeah, to yeah. Help that you. makes you human doesn't it that of makes course, people yeah. go like and that makes them he feels to this you. too yeah. yeah like yeah. they want to be a part of that so I, I I became a bit more vulnerable in it and it helped me quite a lot yeah and then what I do now is if I again it's different from my first year to my second year my second year I feel like I'm a lot more present with it and mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, I'm learning the experience of kind of what it's like to go through it 
And if I go through an experience I haven't gone through before, like for instance, I, w- I went for a hike in the Lake District um, a few months ago, and I just packed up my car. I said, fuck it, I'm just going to go and do something. So turn my phone off, walked for like 10 kilometres in the, in the in the Lake District. Alone? Yeah, alone, yeah. Wow, I can never. Yeah. I'm like, everyone put, find my friends on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, I did, so I did that. I had a little like route, and I uh, put my music in, and... I just like allowed myself to feel like a certain way and sat there and um, you know sat by the lake and just had some lunch and it was really weird I've never done this for myself before <laughs> I was like it's like wow is this what it's like to be like a responsible adult like, <laughs> is this what people do on the weekend yeah, on the weekend? yeah that doesn't involve going out for two days um, and I sat there and I just kind of like allowed myself to be present and allow myself to feel like my emotions and, and stuff and it was it was tough because you know you, you sit there and you like all this stuff sort of comes out because you just you're in nature you, you know, you're in the middle and you're in the middle of nowhere no one around off, like yeah. no distractions and it was nice and I just thought I'd write a post about that and I feel like once I write the post it kind of was an experience to me and I had like another experience um, recently uh, and like birthdays was one that I struggled with this year um, and then the World Mental Health there I felt like I had to write a post about that because it was kind of one that I've really thought about um, and it's just more like I've had an experience let me just like document it yeah. And if people can relate to that, then they can relate to that. And I think it's way more beneficial than you writing what is the definition of grief on a page. Yeah, 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 yeah. For one, everyone knows that. Yeah. But two, like that's different for everyone. But like, if you can say like pivotal moments in like your grieving process, I think that that's like because someone might not have thought to go on a walk and turn their phone off and let them just feel how they feel. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you might just give someone an idea. Whether they're even grieving or not, like it's like I can't even imagine walking in the Lake District. <laughs> it's, actually it's kind really of warning. showing people that yeah, like, life still happens, and you're yeah. kind of showing that side of it. You're talking about what happened, what happened before, and now what happens after. Yeah, and like saying that things are still hard and telling people, but also celebrating the good bits. Yeah, I think that's something people forget to do all the time, especially in these processes. I think there's such a pressure to almost feel sad. Sadder for longer, or or not to celebrate, or have a good day. Do you know what I mean? You're allowed Absolutely. to you're allowed to be happy some days, and it's like I think that's a tough thing. Maybe especially for men. Yeah, probably. About. Especially yeah. men of our ages. I've kind of cha- I've kind of changed it with with what I do on those days. Before you have these days, and you see people like this doom and gloom, and it's understandable. Like mm-hmm. don't get me wrong, it's a shit day. Your mum's birthday is or my birthday, and you don't wake up to like a text or something like that, and it's shit. So what I did was, and it's this stems from the funeral, like. Fucking hell, my mum's funeral, we had like three after parties. Um, I, I, I did a speech and I said, Look, at the end of the speech, I said, Today is not going to be a day of mourning. Mm-hmm. We, we've done that already, and there's times for that to come. We're going to have a celebration. We've rented out the ferry, which is like a bar and cook, which we got kicked out of. Um, <laughs> yeah, we rented, we, rented out the, we rented out the ferry, and it was just a, it was just a massive piss up. And mm-hmm. everyone was smiling. All the photos from my mum's funeral, I've got a smile on my face. <laughs> and and like, I'm with my friends, and like, Thirty of my mates came to support me, uh, which was amazing. Five of my closest went to the actual funeral, and thirty of them came down for drinks and stuff. And it was it was it was actually a really good day. Yeah. And it was it, and and from that moment, I said to myself, and do you know what I got that idea from? I got that idea from my Irish family when my right. granddad passed away. Mm. Now that funeral was bleak. It was all in black. The coffin, everyone's crying. The, the, yeah, the rain and the thunderstorms are coming down. It was horrible. Mm. But afterwards, they rented out a hotel and treated it like it was a wedding. Mm. Everyone got battered. There was a band on and everything. And that's the right way to do it. And that was a massive lesson that I learned. I said, if I'm going to go through this, anything that's going to be about my mum, whether it's Mother's Day or her birthday, is I'm going to celebrate it. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to have a party. Like, last December, I had a party. I had everyone around here, like 20 of us. 
Um, brought a lot of drinks to everyone. The year before that, I cooked like a massive beef roast in there because that was a favourite meal for me and my mates. And then we got battered again after that. <laughs> but it's, it's a common theme. Yeah. <laughs> but it's, 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 it's kind of celebrate that person. And like, I had the canvas, had some candles, like said a few words. And yeah, and that's why I, why one of my friends are so good because they're there in those moments. You're like involving yeah. them in your process yeah, yeah. like you do. And then, the... and then and just just them just being there helps me. I don't have to say anything, but them just being there helps me. And I've got an amazing group of friends for the kind of doing that. And it's helped me massively. So my advice to any men or anything is, is, is just expand that support network. Yeah. And, and, and honestly, don't be don't be for me the biggest thing that I've learned is allowing yourself to become vulnerable it helps you become invulnerable. Yeah. Because you have to let that guard down. You have to go and like for me a therapy like, I didn't want to go to therapy. Like I was a man of the house, I didn't want to go and I was like, fuck it, do you know what? I'm just going to go and do it. Yeah. And I allowed myself to sit there and speak about things. Or, and now I can openly speak about it mm-hmm. because, like, there's nothing wrong with saying how you feel. Like, at the end of the day, men should do, do it more. It's healthy. And you should have a support network made up of men and women. Yeah. yeah. Not just men. Made up of men and women. Allow yourself to be vulnerable to, like, mm-hmm. a, a, I mean, to, to, to a woman and, and stuff. And, and make female friendships because it's an important thing to have in your life, especially as a guy. Um, I think that works both ways, if I'm being honest. Like, oh, I think totally. it's definitely beneficial yeah. to have male friends too. Like, yeah. for girls to have male friends that you can talk to about that stuff, because I think sometimes anyone of the opposite sex, you just think, like, oh, no, like, you want to be perceived in a certain yeah, way. Yeah, yeah, of course. But it's, like, so it, I think when something so big happens, it becomes so insignificant. Yeah. And, like, if you can celebrate the stuff that is sad... Like, it helps you in your path to recovery massively. Yeah. Because it's like you don't dread it as much. I'm sure it's yeah. not easy, but like you know you're going to have a nice time. Your friends are going to be there. They know what day it is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You don't have to explain it to them. Exactly. Yeah, so December the 11th is the third year, so I'll probably have another party. Yeah. <laughs> everyone come. Yeah, everyone come. Um, I think the WhatsApp group's really interesting as well. Like, that's a really nice idea. I've never even heard of that. Like, yeah. I don't think I know anyone that does it. It makes things so much more personal, I think, which is important. Because I think a lot of the times things are, are stuck at social media, aren't they? Yeah, but I think and you it, can't get through to that person. Whereas these people like get you, they get all of you. They can they can see you online. They can talk to you. They can hear how you're feeling. Yeah. And like that doesn't happen for the majority of people. They're kind of just watching. They're watching how somebody else does something and go, oh, okay, maybe I'll maybe I'll try that today. Maybe I'll do that next week. But when they're actually talking to you and hearing how you feel about it, and like you said earlier, there's nothing wrong with saying how you feel. Yeah. But like yeah. we think that there is all the time. Mm. It's, it's weird. I, I think like as the world comes toward like a turn towards text-based conversation, mm-hmm. it's a different way to reach out. Yeah. yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like if you send a WhatsApp message, there's no, there's no like, send me the same with the hinge on dating. There's no... You don't have to confront everything. Don't confront everything. Yeah, exactly. You can mm-hmm. you can take little snippets, and then if you want to, maybe overshare. You can just delete it, retype it, send it back again. Yeah. And, and and especially like people just be more quick to respond to that than just be like, oh, let's all get around another coffee or something. Yeah. Like, Both are just as important, but I mean, if you want a quick immediate fix, and it can feel a bit intimidating as well. I think yeah. to to have some. I think support groups face to face are really important too. Yeah. But I think some people aren't quite ready for that yet, and no. like what you're giving people is that when they're ready, it's there for them. Like yeah. they can just send a message or delete it. You yeah. can't really take back a conversation if you've had it face-to-face. <laughs> like, especially when it's recorded. It's all audio, camera. I think as well there's something interesting about it. Like, you like you want to be a friend to someone, regardless of what they're going through, you want to be able to support them. But, like, with your community online or like on WhatsApp, whatever way people choose to do it, the reality is it is easier to talk to people that have been through something similar. Yeah, that's the problem. I can't pretend that I know what it feels like. You yeah. can tr- you can try. But you just can't relate. You can't, can you? No. And it's like, if one of my closest friends had ex- experienced something like that, 
and they said to me like look i've joined this this community this group and and other people are my age which is like such a big factor it's about being in that like pivotal moment of your mm-hmm. life you're not expecting it you're not 70 like it happens yeah, yeah, but like, yeah. it's not the right time really i think one of my friends said oh, i'm joining this community now i wouldn't even feel like oh, it's such a shame i can't support you i would be so happy that they found people like they want my support but sure. they need people to like, get support, it yeah. Yeah. Like, that's why it's such a good platform because it's like, I mean, I think people follow you that that aren't grieving. Yeah, there's a lot that aren't. But yeah. it's just like. But it's a surprising amount who are. Yeah. It's, yeah. I can't believe how many, like, yeah. your takeover stories. Yeah. Did I know that that many people were going through this in their 20s? These, are, like, these no. are people from like different corners of the country as well. Mm. Like, I don't even know. You don't know them? No. <laughs> I've met a couple of people through, through it. Have you? Yeah. That's lovely. Which is nice. Yeah. Um, and then. Yeah, I mean, the next step, I think, for me is I actually want to arrange, like, a meet-up. We went to go do it last year. Um, but trying to arrange 50 people is like trying to herd cats. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, um, and the thing is, like, I, I do want to do that next year, I think. What are your, like, goals with your community moving forward? Good question. Um, that is a good question. We should have said... I wish I'd have thought of We that. should have said that. Abby, you said. What are your goals <laughs> <laughs> with your community what? moving forward? Yeah. <laughs> this is probably actually a good time. Is it? It's ten past... Ten past the hour. Ten past the hour. Brilliant. Five and ten minutes. Come on. Um, yeah. What's your What's your plan? Or do you have a plan? Maybe. Yeah. To kind of round it off, the plan is uh, to hopefully to have that platform there to enable as many people as possible to come forward. And I want to have a, a big proportion of males and females. Right now, I'd say it's probably like ninety. Females, ten percent males. Right. No way. Yeah, and I want to have at least fifty-fifty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, well, I guess that's like quite personal to you, isn't it? Like being yeah. a guy going through mm-hmm. it. Yeah, and it's hard for me to open up to all these like, women about how I'm feeling as well. <laughs> yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. Any men, please. Yeah, please. Yeah. Yeah. Only just, only just like, oh, I'm alright. I'm like, oh, cheers, guys. <laughs> no, it's oh, like it's a so yeah. Funny. I like to have like a, I like to have a mix. And um, I always want to give like a shout out to a guy who's in the group called Luke Barrow, who's has um a page called uh, Two Pints Deep. It's, it's like a um, men's community that you set up in Manchester, which is like an wow. online portal for men. And, it, and it's, it's really, really big. And he's part of the group as well. And yeah, if any men are listening to this, again, yeah. go and we'll find it and we'll share it on our oh, page absolutely, as well. absolutely, yeah, for sure. Oh, that's so cool. Wow. Well, thank you for joining us. Thank you for making a trip and listening to me to ramble <laughs> on for an hour. in your gorgeous flat. Yeah, you. I know. <laughs> We're not leaving. It's not us back anytime. Right. Fab. Wow. Season two. Yes, first episode. First episode, right. Over and out. Cheers, guys. Bye.